welcome to the Stop Chasing What Isn't Changing podcast. I am Elaine Scuds, a mom of three, hairstylist and salon owner, entrepreneur, and been told by many, a great listener. I chased dreams for years, the perfect house, the perfect body, the perfect family, and the perfect job. I realized I spent so many years chasing someone else's standards, someone else's dreams, all thanks to society. The conversations on this podcast are here to help you accept, love, and validate yourself. They are here to spark inspiration, to help motivate, and to help you grow into being comfortable and happy with the life you have. As I have these conversations, I hope you realize that age and gender should not limit you on what you desire and that being a woman and a mom shouldn't be so damn hard. And on the days you feel defeated, you are not alone. Stop chasing someone else's standards, someone else's dreams. It is time to declare your own and to start your journey. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to the Stop Chasing What Isn't Changing podcast. I'm Elaine Scuds, your host. Thank you for being here. Today, my guest is my own naturopathic doctor, Dr. Nicole Pinnathier. Dr. Nicole Pinnathier is a graduate of the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto, Ontario. As part of her education, she completed a year-long clinical internship with a special focus in fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. She graduated in 2011 with an honors bachelor of arts in kinesiology and aims to combine her knowledge of the human body and natural medicine in her practice. Dr. Nicole approaches each patient's case in a holistic manner and aims to find the root cause of each illness in order to strengthen the body as a whole. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Nicole. Thanks for having me. I'm always happy to have you. So we are going to talk today about um, the thyroid and what it does and what underactive and overactive means and all of the other stuff that comes along with it. So, um, for myself, for many years, I always tested just, just shy of having, um, problems with my thyroid. My doctor had always said, you know, you're, you're okay. And that was, I don't, I never knew what the levels were and what that actually meant. Um, until, my weight gain started to become a little bit more um, noticeable to her. And then we started to go on thyroid medication. So do I have an underactive or do I have an overactive thyroid? So you would have an underactive thyroid, um, which is much more common than the overactive side of things, especially for women, um, especially for middle-aged women, the, the underactive hypothyroidism is really what we're looking for most of the time. Okay. And what happens? Like, how does that start to occur in the body? Yeah. So your thyroid is basically like the on off switch for most functions in your system. And the thyroid hormone itself actually affects pretty much every cell that we have. So the symptoms can look different for different people, um, depending on what 
cells are actually being affected. And a lot of the time the symptoms don't seem related because lots of systems are affected. Um, but it, the underlying issue is the thyroid. That's the kind of, that's the thing that kind of pulls everything together. So everything from fatigue is a really big one. Weight gain with no significant changes to diet or exercise is a big one. Uh, slow digestion. If you think of your thyroid as, you know, kind of the thermostat that turns everything up, if the thyroid's under functioning, everything slows down. So metabolism slows down, energy production slows down, digestion slows down, brain function slows down. So lots of women notice that they've got brain fog, um, their memory is becoming really terrible. They're just having really hard hard time kind of cutting through the fog and thinking clearly, um, really dry skin, um, hair and nail issues, they can be really common ones. Um, and then sometimes we also see um, changes in female hormones. So period changes and that kind of thing are the big ones that we see. Um, but for lots of women, sometimes it's just not even a, a symptom that they can totally pinpoint and say, this is the thing that's wrong. They just feel really off and the thyroid can be responsible for that too. It's really responsible for a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, the symptoms, there's so many of them. Yeah. Um, like I know a lot of people always associate hair loss, um, mm -hmm. to the thyroid and even like excess hair growth, like in areas where they don't want to see the hair growth. That's also signs of a thyroid. Is that true? Uh, it can be, that's usually when the thyroid is starting to affect the female hormones. So specifically testosterone, um, is where we see the hair growth, but hair loss can be a really big one. Um, and hair loss is one that lots of women come into my office with. And, um, again, that can be a symptom that's related to lots of different causes. And like, is it something that we do that causes the thyroid to become, uh, underactive or overactive? Not usually. Um, I mean, it can be related to diet and, you know, food intolerances and inflammation in the body and just kind of not treating our body the way it's supposed to be. Um, stress is a really big one that can affect how your thyroid functions. So that can be a main cause. Um, if we're looking at the autoimmune side of things, so more the Hashimoto's thyroid um, issue, then that's going to be coming back to the digestion and leaky gut and how your immune system is responding to what it's seeing. Um, but there's also lots of genetic stuff that goes on too. So we typically see it in families that um, multiple women all have thyroid issues. So there's going to be a genetic appointment or a genetic um, component there too. Yeah. Because everybody in my family pretty much has um, issues with their thyroid, right? Like me, my sisters and mom. Um, what, like, what is the difference? I know you said with the digestive or the Hashimoto and then the knot, but what, so what would be, what would cause the Hashimoto to happen? Like if I have thyroid issues right now, can I cause myself to get Hashimoto as well or no? No, Hashimoto's is going to be what's causing the thyroid issues. Um, so what happens with Hashimoto's is it's actually an autoimmune response. Um, and so you've got these antibodies that your body's developing, your immune system is creating that then seek out and attack your thyroid. And when that happens, you get the thyroid cells themselves actually break. Um, they break down, they're attacked by the immune system. And so what typically happens is you start to get a surge of thyroid hormone being released. So you get a temporary hyper thyroid, um, where that thermostat is turned up, um, body temperature goes up, um, you know, digestion can be very, very quick. Um, you can have lots of sweating and lots of overheating, uh, anxiety, heart palpitations, uh, racing brain, all of those things feel like just everything is turned up. That's then followed by all of those hypothyroid symptoms. Um, because once those cells are destroyed, they stop being functional. 
they stop producing thyroid hormone. Um, and then, so you end up in that hypothyroid state later on. Um, so that's just kind of something that we're keeping an eye on that if you've got that predisposition to the Hashimoto side of things, we need to make sure the gut's in check. We need to make sure the immune system's functioning well so that you don't end up in that state later on again. Um, because if we do it over and over and over again, um, you're just going to end up having less and less and less thyroid function. Okay. So when you have the other side of the thyroid, where there is the excessive weight loss, what else comes with that? That's your hyperthyroid side. Um, that's going to be when that thermostat is turned way up, everything is overstimulated. So that's where we see lots of heart palpitations um, lots of sweating body temperature is higher than it should be. Again, we can see the hair loss. Um, again, we can see the skin and nail changes that go along with that. Typically there's some loose stools and diarrhea and digestive function that's going on because that whole system is turned up higher than it needs to be. Um, lots of insomnia, um, feeling really overstimulated, anxiety can be tied into that. Um, and again, it, it depends on which systems in the body are being affected, um, but anything that can be turned up is in a hyperthyroid state. Okay. So um, my first, so let's talk about medication. Okay. If someone is taking thyroid medication and then they choose to stop taking it, um, what happens, like what happens to the body and obviously that wouldn't be recommended to do, correct? No. So uh, thyroid is one of those things that we want to keep fairly consistent as much as possible. Um, you know, taking medication and, and stopping it and starting and, and kind of keeping things inconsistent is not great. That puts a lot of stress on your system. Um, so typically medical doctors will prescribe some form of synthetic T4. Um, so when we look at the thyroid function and what's actually happening in the hormone cascade, your thyroid pushes out T4. That's the inactive form of thyroid hormone. Um, your cells then need to convert that into the active form, which is T3. And then that T3 needs to get into the cells to actually do its job for all of the systems that, that are affected by thyroid. So um, your Synthroid or your Levothyroxin or your L-Troxin, um, those are all forms of synthetic T4. And the idea there is if your thyroid is under functioning and we're not producing that T4, we can put it in synthetically. Your body will then convert it to T3 and off you go. Um, for some people, they don't do that conversion well, in which case you've got the T4 all floating around. When they test your levels, your TSH, which is kind of the regulator that comes from your brain and your pituitary gland to dictate what your thyroid needs to do, um, those levels will be normal because the T4 is what keeps that in check. Your T4 levels will also come back normal, um, but potentially your symptoms haven't really changed. You still don't feel very good, um, but all your levels are normal. So, you know, it is what it is. Off you go. Um, it could be an issue where you're not converting from T4 to T3, in which case we need to test that free T3 in your blood um, and see kind of where the ratio is there to make sure that that's happening. And potentially we switch onto something like a desiccated thyroid, which is a more natural source of thyroid hormone. Um, it's less synthetic. Sometimes people's bodies use it better for whatever reason. Um, and it takes the conversion issue out. So it's the T4 plus the T3 instead of just the T4 on its own. So if you're someone who doesn't convert well, um, then we can have that as an option. Yeah, because you, when you do your blood work for somebody, you test both the T3 and the T4 levels, correct? 
Yeah, we test uh, the TSH, we test T4, T3, we usually test the antibodies as well and make sure that there isn't some kind of autoimmune thing happening because we need to address that if there is. And then we also test reverse T3. Um, so reverse T3 is more of a functional test that most medical doctors don't find a lot of value in. Um, it tells us indirectly how the thyroid is being affected by the adrenal glands. So when there's lots of stress going on and your cortisol is too high, um, what can happen is instead of converting from T4 to T3 the way you're supposed to, instead cortisol gets in the way and you convert from T4 to reverse T3. And that looks the same, um, but it's totally inactive and it doesn't do the same things that T3 does in your cells. So that's where we can get a lot of those hypothyroid symptoms that are showing up, not because there's anything actually wrong with the thyroid, but because the cortisol from the adrenal function is getting in the way um, and affecting how the thyroid's converting. Hmm, that is, that's so interesting that you guys can actually do that through blood work, right? To figure yeah, that we, out. We look, at things, we look at things a little bit differently than family doctors do in the sense that um, they're looking, where are you sick? As long as your levels are within range, you're good. Uh, we look, where are you optimal? Where are you well? So we want to make sure that the entire thyroid cascade, all steps there are all working well um, and that they're all as good as they can be rather than just being within range. Um, the other thing that I typically test if we're looking for thyroid issues, um, we look for a bunch of vitamin deficiencies because in order to get that active T3 into the cells to do its job, you need good levels of vitamin D, iron, and B12. And those are three really common deficiencies, especially for women and especially in Canada. Um, so again, your thyroid could be functioning great. You've got lots of levels of T3 circulating in your blood, but if we can't get, the, get that hormone into the cells to do its job, it doesn't really matter. So we want to make sure that those levels are where they need to be in an optimal perspective, not just that you're not deficient. Um, and then we can supplement if we need to, to give your body an extra boost there. What would you say like food wise or um, like supplement wise that you could take to help um, support the thyroid if it was not, you know, functioning properly? So we basically want to keep inflammation in the body as low as possible for most chronic diseases, thyroid included. Um, so eating lots of whole foods, as minimal processed foods as possible, um, as little processed sugar as possible, less salt in the diet, all of those kinds of things. Um, lots of good fruits and vegetables, good quality fats, good quality proteins um, is usually kind of the foundation that we set. Um, there's, a, there's some controversy as far as foods that can negatively affect the thyroid. Uh, one is going to be your goitrogenic foods. So those are typically your dark leafy greens, your broccolis, your cauliflowers, um, and your soy products. Um, there's some research that says, you know, these are foods that people with thyroid issues should absolutely avoid. There's other research saying it doesn't really matter. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of an in-between individual sort of thing with that. Um, the other food that I typically recommend for people with thyroid issues is Brazil nuts. Um, so Brazil nuts are really high in selenium. It's an easy way for us to get selenium into your system, which is a really important micronutrient for how your thyroid functions and how you convert thyroid hormone as well. Um, and you, instead of taking another supplement, we can typically get that through Brazil nuts fairly easily. Uh, two to three a day is usually good. Throw it into your snack, blend it in a smoothie. Um, it's an easy way to make sure that we're getting enough without having to worry about you overdosing on it either. So if someone doesn't want to go on the medication for their thyroid, um, because they just don't want to have that in their body, right? Cause there are some people that are like that. What would you say like would be the pros and cons of like them trying out to do it with the food and the supplementation, like 
at what point would you say, you know what, you really should consider doing the medication because of what it can happen to you if you don't have a proper active thyroid? Yeah. So in general, if you have hypothyroidism, you've been diagnosed, especially if you've been diagnosed by your medical doctor or your endocrinologist, because their diagnosis comes a little bit later than ours typically does as far as what's optimal. If they're telling you that your thyroid function is too low, then some kind of pharmaceutical is probably going to be necessary. So whether that is the synthetic T4 we talked about or the desiccated thyroid, there's going to need to be some support there. Um, there's studies that are showing that low thyroid function long-term can increase your risk of osteoporosis. It can change your risk of heart disease. Um, it changes how your cholesterol functions. It changes how your neurotransmitters function. Um, there's lots of pretty serious long-term consequences of having a low functioning thyroid. So in those cases, generally we put in the diet recommendations anyways, there's some supplements and herbs that can help that medication to work better in your body. Uh, we get to the root cause as far as, you know, if there's a digestive issue going on, that's causing leaky gut, that's causing the immune system to over overreact. Um, we pull gluten typically for people who do have Hashimoto's um, there's a lot of cross sensitivity of what the immune system does between um, reacting to gluten and then also reacting to thyroid hormone. So that's a really big one. Uh, we look at food sensitivities. We do all of those things while you're on the medication. And then depending on how the levels change and how the, the lab values are going to change, then potentially we can reduce how much medication you need. Sometimes people come off of it, but for the most part, if you've been diagnosed, with a thyroid issue and they prescribe medication for you, usually that's going to be a long-term thing. And there's more of a benefit of taking it than the harm in taking it. Have you like seen people that don't like, they don't take the medication. They just support it the other way. Have you seen that be successful with, a, with quite a few people? Very rarely. Yeah. Very rarely. We can help, like I say, we can help the thyroid medication to function better in their body so that the weight starts to change in a positive direction. Um, that, you know, the brain fog lifts and their digestion works better. Their energy improves, their sleep is better. Their hormones function better. All of the symptoms of the thyroid issue are starting to resolve a little bit better. Um, but typically if you've been prescribed the medication, that's something that your body is going to need, um, unless it's just been prescribed as a, I don't know what else is wrong with you. So let's try some thyroid support. Um, in those cases, sometimes people come off of it, but typically, um, either the synthetic or the desiccated, um, is necessary for, for people with thyroid issues. So when I take my thyroid medication, I take my medication first thing in the morning and I have to wait a whole hour before I can eat something. So why do we have to wait that hour? So there's lots of minerals specifically that will decrease how well your body's going to absorb your thyroid medication. Um, and this goes for whether you're doing the synthetic T4, or if you're doing the desiccated, both are exactly the same. Um, so specifically your iron and your calcium are two minerals that's in lots of foods that we eat on a regular basis that will inhibit how well that thyroid hormone is absorbed by your digestive system. So we want to put the thyroid hormone in on an empty stomach so that it's the only thing that you're breaking down and absorbing, give it about an hour so that it absorbs and does its thing. Um, and then from there, you're good to go. Yeah. And I know that you can't take, I think it's just with the desiccator, maybe also with the synthetic, you cannot have any, um, iron for like three hours after you have it. Is it the same with calcium as well? Do you have to wait? Okay. Yeah, that's usually the recommendation there. Hmm, that's interesting. 
I didn't know yeah. that with the calcium, but not that I, um, so is that just with milk or is that with like cheese and yogurt and everything else as well? Everything. Dark leafy greens, bone and fish, nuts and seeds, um, really as, as, as little calcium and iron as you can have in those first three hours, the better. Okay. And so if someone's taking fish liver oil, they have to mm -hmm. wait three hours. So that one's a little bit trickier because it's just the oil. So okay. you're not going to have the, the calcium from the bone in. Um, okay. But yeah, usually, usually omegas are okay. Okay. That's good to know. Um, okay. So in the long run, if someone is on this medication, do they end up ever coming off of it or do they always have to stay on it to support the thyroid? Sometimes there's some dose adjustments that happen. Either the dose needs to go up or the dose needs to go down, depending on how things change, because hormone levels do change with age. They change with menopause. They change with stress levels. They change with all kinds of things. Um, so that's why we want to do the blood work fairly regularly to keep an eye on what those levels are doing and spot trends before it becomes something that's a huge issue. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yeah, usually, usually there's some form of medication that's required. The dose can change and the form can change. Um, but usually some, some dose is going to be helpful. Okay. So I know for myself being a hairstylist, every time someone would have hair loss, I would always ask a few questions and it was always about how is your thyroid? And many people would always say, well, my doctor did blood work and it's okay. Right. And I would always say, maybe you should go see a naturopath because they actually test you differently. Um, for people that are wondering, should I actually go and get tested? I know we went through what the symptoms could be of having either an under or overactive thyroid, but what would be some of the really important ones to keep note of that if they're having these symptoms, they should actually go and get, um, tested differently. Hair loss is a big one. Um, the fatigue is a really big one. Those people who say, you know, I sleep all night and it doesn't matter how much I sleep or how well I sleep. I wake up in the morning. I feel terrible. Um, brain fog is a really big one. Lots of women come in thinking that they've got early signs of dementia and Alzheimer's. And in reality, it's just a thyroid issue that we need to solve. Um, digestion is a really big one. People who are chronically constipated, you know, they take the probiotics and they eat really well and they drink lots of water and the digestive system just is not moving. That can be a big red flag there. And then the hair loss, um, really, really dry skin. And then the breaking nails tends to be uh, a triad that we see for lots of women there. Um, and for the testing, it's not that we run different testing than your medical doctor does. We just look at the numbers differently. So right. if you've had your thyroid tested by your medical doctor, chances are they've only run your TSH and T4 because those are the values that they find more important. Um, we can always fill in the gaps and run the other ones if we need to. Um, if your doctor has said, you know, your borderline low thyroid function, usually on our end, that means it's lower than we'd like it to be. Um, it's not as optimal as it could be. Um, so for instance, the range for TSH of what's considered normal, depending on the lab is usually between about 0.3 and five. Um, so anywhere within that range is considered normal. We usually like your TSH around two. Um, somewhere between about 1.5 and two. So if you're sitting at like 4.8 and your doctor says, Hey, you're borderline, that's significantly higher than we'd like it to be. It means your thyroid is having, or your brain is having to kick your thyroid and yell at your thyroid and say, go, 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 go much louder and much more aggressively than it should be. Um, so those are all just signs that things aren't as good as they could be. And ultimately we want you to feel as good as possible, not just okay. Based on your lab work. 
Yeah, and I, I like how you um, gave that example because it, it makes a little bit more sense. I would think to some people that, you know, aren't talked to about what the function is and what the medication does for you, right? So for myself, I think everybody should always see a naturopathic doctor and a, and a family doctor as well, right? That does conventional medicine because you guys definitely balance each other out, but knowing how differently you guys look at the way things work and, and how to help things function properly. When it comes to thyroid issues, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have them and they don't even know that they have it because they are labeled borderline. So if you're having these symptoms, I think you should go and get checked out. Yeah. And ideally we do get to work with your family doctor, with your endocrinologist. Um, some of them are more open to working with us than others. Um, but both, both of us have our strengths. So where we look at from a functional perspective, where are you optimal, they can order tests that we can't order things like ultrasounds, um, and imaging. So if we do suspect that there's a growth on your thyroid or a cyst on your thyroid, or, you know, we're ruling out thyroid cancers, those are things that our blood work won't, won't tell. So um, in, in that case, we want to make sure that we're covering all of the basis and having all of those big, scary things ruled out. And then if we do deem that it's a functional issue, then that's where we come in and start to kind of optimize things as far as how the systems are functioning. Um, and depending on what your insurance covers, some people aren't covered for desiccated. Um, so if that's the case, then going with the Synthroid and, and using our modalities in a little bit of a different way can sometimes be helpful. So um, it doesn't have to be an either or kind of scenario that if you're seeing a medical doctor, you can't see a naturopath, or if you choose to see a naturopath, your medical doctor is going to disown you. Mm -hmm. um, in, you know, that sometimes happens, but, um, in an ideal situation, we both kind of use our strengths to benefit the patient. Yeah. And that's the important part is to benefit the patient, right? Supposed to be, that's supposed to be what we're doing. Yes. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what, how do they go about to do that? Yeah. So my website is nicolepanathera.com. Uh, and then I'm on all the social media handles, Instagram, Facebook, all of those things at reach wellness with the and if this is the first episode you've listened to, um, we also had three other ones that um, we uh, recorded together, one about burnout, one about estrogen dominance, and the other one was about insulin resistance. So if those topics also interest you, I suggest to go back into the episodes and have a listen because she is just very knowledgeable on everything that she talks about. So thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. This was fun. And thank you for joining us as well with today's conversation about the thyroid. Until next time, I'm Elaine Scuds. Don't forget to always stop chasing what isn't changing. And I hope you have the most amazing day. Thank you for allowing me to take up space in your day. I always invite conversation to happen. If you felt connected to today's podcast, please send me a message. I would love to hear from you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure that you subscribe so you never miss an episode and please share it with a friend. Also, if you have a topic that you would like for me to discuss, please reach out and let's have a conversation about it. You can email me at stopchasingwhatisn'tchanging at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram, elaine.g.2.
elaine.scuds e-l-a-i-n-e period g period s-c-u-d-d-s always remember to stop chasing what isn't changing in your life don't be afraid to create those habits and to take the steps to achieve what you desire what you deserve and what you have been dreaming of. I am Elaine Scuds and I hope you have an amazing day.